Let's talk about the last time you tossed and turned as your spiraling thoughts chipped away at your peace and contentment. It happens most often at night when our defenses are down and our energy level is at a low ebb. And then the awareness of the next morning's coming responsibilities kind of piles on, adding even more stress, and we get out of bed exhausted before the day has even begun. (laughs) Well, our minds are a gift from God, but our thoughts can be our very own version of the Dementors, like those ones in the Harry Potter movies. Remember them? Here's how they're described. It says, they infest the darkest places. They glory in decay and despair. They drain peace, hope, and happiness out of the air around them. Get too near a Dementor and every good feeling, every happy memory will be sucked out of you. If it can, the Dementor will feed on you long enough to reduce you to something like itself. You will be left with nothing but the worst experiences of your life. (laughs) Now, thank goodness those are fictional characters. But the truth is, even as children of God, you and I experience sometimes, especially in the nighttime, we experience being overwhelmed by our anxious and fearful thoughts. So thank God, though, for the wisdom that He's given to us in His Word that teaches us how to control our thoughts. And yes, that is not only possible, but it is essential if we want to experience the peace and joy promised to us as God's children. You're listening to Divine Connections, a podcast about connecting the truth you believe to the life you really live. I'm your host, Kelly J. Grace, and this is Episode 10, How to Stop Anxiety and Worry and Find Blissful Peace. Listen in. This is a lesson I first learned years ago in the middle of a long, protracted trial. And now, up until that time, you know, I'd never really thought of myself as a worrier. I knew lots of women who were. I mean, they practiced what my grandmother called borrowing trouble. She said it was so foolish to worry what might happen in the future and ruin your day by borrowing that yet non-existent problem and bringing it into today and letting it spoil an otherwise perfectly good day. Anyway, during that trial, I began to worry. Now, worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended you to have. Or as Chuck Swindoll says, worry is assuming responsibility for things that are out of our control, and that's pretty much everything. (laughs) So, as it is, though, um, you and I, I don't know how we fall into this, but it's like we think that by our constant ruminations or anxious thoughts will be able to influence future events. Well, we can't. That that plan is that strategy is never going to work. So, I want though today for us to connect with some deep truth. And it's rooted in our heritage as believers. And it that truth is this that our heritage is one of peace and of joy that transcends our circumstances. Our Savior and our friend Jesus put it this way. 
Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's John 14, 27. So, again, I want you to recognize that Jesus has given you the gift of peace, of his peace. It is yours to enjoy, to embrace, to experience, and also to reclaim when you realize that you've surrendered it to Satan. Now, that's the thought that I want to put uppermost in your mind and have you remember that when you begin to feel yourself spiraling into worry and fear and anxiety. I want you to recognize that the enemy of your soul, Satan, that deceiver and thief, he's made off with your peace, the peace that Jesus gave you. And here's how you can get it back. I'm going to share three simple steps with you. If you can learn to do these, as I said, this whole first season of this podcast is dedicated to 13 life-changing lessons that I've learned in over 50 years of walking with God. And though this lesson came later on in my journey of walking with God, it has been so valuable. And if you remember the other episode, I shared how to quit any sin, and I told you I had probably used that process more than any other lesson I had learned. That's true. This would come in second place. This now has become, especially as I'm older, my family members are older, we've experienced um, serious illness and death in our family. Uh, My kids went through those teen years, which that's a harrowing enough experience sometimes for any parent. So, you know, worry is something that then came into my life a little bit later. But I'm so thankful God taught me how to deal with it. I'm thankful for the grounding in the Word of God, which, again, as I said early on, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear me say over and over again, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So today we are looking to find freedom from anxiety, from anxious thoughts, from worry, from fear, and to find again and reclaim that peace, that blissful peace that was given to us by Jesus Christ. So the very first step is you and I need to learn to take our thoughts captive. Now this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And there it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, when you think about spiritual warfare, I want you to recognize the battle is almost always in our minds. And it as this verse says, the, we war not against the flesh. Uh, we war against spiritual forces. And that's Satan, our great foe, the enemy of our souls. And it says that the weapons God has given us for this warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly or temporal things, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are 
fixed ways of thinking or sometimes fixed habits, uh, any sin can become a stronghold. It's an area where you've relinquished control. And instead of walking in righteousness, you're now walking in sin. You've surrendered that territory to Satan. And the same can hold true in our thoughts. We can develop Remember the old vinyl records that had grooves cut in them and the record would go around and around and play in that groove and the same song over and over again, right? Well, that's what happens in our thoughts. It becomes a stronghold, a way of thinking over and over again. It's really a suggestion from Satan that you and I take in and make our very own. Then it says also casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I want you to think about like Eve in the garden with Satan. And Satan is telling her, you know, you're not going to die if you eat that fruit. Now, God had told her she would. And in fact, they did. But Satan told her a lie and said, you're not going to die. God's just trying to withhold something super cool from you. That's why he's saying that. So he impugns God's motive, saying God is somehow selfish, stingy, whatever, isn't going to share the good stuff with Adam and Eve. Well, that becomes an argument against God that Satan has placed in Eve's mind, and Eve entertained it. You and I need to learn to cast down those arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So they're basically untrue things. And then we need to bring those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, those are strange phrases. Maybe you've never thought about these things. You read this verse and you just kind of cruise through it. These are steps you and I need to learn to take. This is training for warfare. And you and I need to learn how to do this. So when you and I experience anxious thoughts, The first thing we have to do is recognize, boom, I'm in a spiritual battle. This is spiritual warfare. I'm being attacked by Satan. (laughs) But as they say in the movies, the call is coming from inside the house, right? (laughs) Remember those horror movies? So, and there's somebody downstairs, you know, on the extension, the call is coming from inside the house. Satan has been force feeding us thoughts. Now, they feel like they're our own thoughts. But the truth is, they've been planted by our enemy. And the Bible calls these thoughts, it has a great way that it describes them. It calls them fiery darts in Ephesians 6, 16. But it also tells us plainly that our faith is a shield that allows us to quench or extinguish the damaging power of these fiery darts. This is how you neutralize Satan. This is how you actively resist Satan. This is how you protect yourself from being attacked. You do that by using God's word to strengthen your faith, to overcome the anxious thoughts and the cycle of worry that comes in and steals your peace. You simply do not allow any thought that comes from Satan like that You don't allow it space in your mind. Nope. That, my friends, that space in our minds, that is sacred space. That is dedicated to thoughts that meet a certain criteria. And 
None of those thoughts are thoughts that are raised up against God. None of them are thoughts that say he's lying to us or say that he's not going to show up on our behalf, that he's not hearing our prayers, that he doesn't care about what's happening in our lives or in the lives of our loved ones. Those are lies from Satan. But that sacred space in our minds, that's dedicated to thoughts that meet certain criteria, thoughts that are not in conflict with the knowledge of God or that don't try to threaten the place that Jesus holds in your life and mine as king. So remember again, the first step is to learn to take those thoughts captive. And the second step is to make your thoughts obey the truth. Now, I want you to listen to Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Again, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I think many of us listen to the words, and yet we fail to see if it was written in our Bibles with bullet points or, you know, here are action steps, then maybe we would think of it that way. But I think we listen to the words without understanding the parts in it that are actually straight up instructions to you and I about how to do this. So here again is Philippians 4, 6 through 8. This is from the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Okay, we're going to define these eight words. These are the criteria that we have to apply to our thoughts to make sure that any thought we're entertaining obeys the truth of the Word of God. So the first is true, okay? Think on things that are true. In other words, they are fact. They are reality. They are not your frantic imaginings of what might happen what might go wrong? What terrible thing is just around the bend? What awful thing is going to show up in the next day or the next week or the next year? Those things, those frantic imaginings, those anxious thoughts, they are not true. Think instead on what is fact and what is reality. Rehearse again the truth that you have been redeemed, that you are supported by the everlasting arms that are undergirding you and your life, that God's word has been given to you to instruct you, to lead you into truth and righteousness and peace and joy, that God's Holy Spirit has come to take up residence inside you, to help explain to you the word of God, to empower you to walk in fellowship with him. Those things are true but not that other stuff that we often imagine in the middle of the night. Okay, the second thing is think about things that are honorable or noble. 
And this really refers to things that inspire reverence and awe in us. Something dignified and worthy of respect. This kind of thought lifts up your spirit. They edify you. They build you up when you contemplate whether it's Isaiah 6 and his vision of the Lord high and lifted up sitting on that throne and the train of his robe filling the temple and all the heavenly creatures crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Heaven and earth are full of his glory. Or the sweet promises that the Lord tells us he is our good shepherd. He's watching over us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those are the thoughts. Can't you think that thought at night and go right to sleep? Of course you can. But you can't go to sleep when you're worrying and fretting about things that haven't even occurred or that things that have occurred and you cannot change them but you can find a way to respond in faith to them. Okay, the third is the word right. Think about things that are right. Now, this relates to the nature of God and especially to the person of Jesus Christ as a role model for our conduct. And when I read that, I thought about the little bracelet phase, remember, of the WWJD, what would Jesus do? The truth is that's not all bad to start thinking about that in any situation. So there at night, when you're lying in bed and you find these thoughts tormenting you and anxious thoughts playing like that record over and over and over again, I want you to remember Jesus, who fell asleep in the midst of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples had to wake him up and say, don't you care? We're perishing. He had so much peace, knowing he was right in the middle of God's will for his life, that even a tumultuous storm, when he's in a small fishing boat, did not disrupt his peace. That's the very same peace that he has given to you and to me. So think about something right. Think about the person of Christ as a role model for you in whatever has you stirred up. The next is pure. Now, yes, this relates to morally pure thoughts, but this also disqualifies any thought that's characterized by anger, revenge, bitterness, resentment, criticism, judgment of others, or, of course, impure thoughts, any impurity. Those thoughts are not worthy of a child of God, and you and I need to just Say no as soon as one comes through our mind and remember that anger works not the righteousness of God, that vengeance is the Lord's. He is the judge of all the earth, not you and I. It is to God to determine um, who's right and wrong and what judgment is coming for someone. And even more, Jesus says, pray for your enemies. So we're not to wish for harm or judgment to fall on someone, but for them to find the very same grace of God that you and I have found that has, through Christ, given us forgiveness for our sins. Okay, then lovely. Now, this word occurs only this one time in the Bible, right here in this verse. And this word lovely means pleasing, agreeable, and attractive. Oh, my word. 
If you and I would just put that as a filter over our minds and not allow anything that isn't pleasing, agreeable, and attractive to float through and take up residence in our mind, we would be so much happier if we would just do that. Now, Jesus, of course, perfectly fits this description, meditating on Jesus. He is so pleasing in the way he interacted with people, the way he ministered always, pouring out of himself love and blessing to others. So agreeable. It is so compelling. The righteous way Jesus lived among men. How attractive that was. And it drew people to him, didn't it? Then the next is admirable or of good repute. Now, this word means something that's spoken well of, something or someone who deserves a good reputation. And once again, Jesus. So you're going to see a theme here that you can't go wrong replacing any anxious or worrisome or fearful thought with thoughts of Jesus. But if you do this, you will find that he is deserving of praise. And remembering those things pushes out all of that other negative kind of thought that gets us spiraling and makes us try to think about how we can change a circumstance or effect something that we want to have happen. Let's learn instead to turn in faith and behold Jesus once again. It's that old song, if you turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, all the things of earth will grow grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And then Paul sums it up by saying, think of things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And again, these especially refer to our thoughts of God that lead us into worshiping him for his singular attributes of wisdom, of power, and grace, which are distinctive to God. No one has wisdom like him. Didn't he say to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? In other words, Were you there helping me out, telling me how to get this done? No. (laughs) And it did. It silenced Job, didn't it? And it would silence you and I to recognize that God's wisdom, his power, and yet his grace, his love and mercy wrapped up in that word grace, are beyond anything else that has ever been a part of anyone else's being. It is singular to God. These are his divine attributes of wisdom, power, and grace. Now, can you see how far our anxious thoughts are from meeting these criteria? They pull us into doubt and uncertainty. Now, Jesus himself said, let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. Don't borrow trouble from a future time. Fix instead your thoughts on those eight things. Don't allow unworthy thoughts to come in and erode your peace and diminish your joy. You and I need to refuse to give Satan even the smallest victory in this. Not another hour of sleeplessness at night should be handed over to him. Now, you know now, I've just shared with you how to stop those anxious thoughts. But let's look at one more step that you and I need to take in order to find that blissful peace. And that's this. So the third step is for you and I to make thanksgiving 
and prayer our new habit. And this again comes from Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, with thanksgiving and prayer, tell God your need. Don't give in <clears throat> Excuse me to Satan's plan for you to doubt and fear. Instead, just follow the simple counsel of that scripture. Don't worry about anything. Instead, with thanksgiving and prayer, tell God your need. So follow what scripture says and lift up your prayer and your praise. Let's reverse that order. Your praise and your prayer to your heavenly father. Now, once again, I'm going to go back to Oswald Chambers. I told you about his devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, and he brilliantly described his own experience of what he calls the awesomeness of an interaction with God. He says this, In the midst of the awesomeness, a touch comes, and you know it is the right hand of Jesus Christ. You know it is not the hand of restraint, of correction, nor chastisement, but the right hand of the everlasting Father. And whenever his hand is laid upon you, it gives inexpressible peace and comfort, and the sense that underneath are the everlasting arms, full of support, provision, comfort, and strength. You know, I began this podcast by saying that so often anxious thoughts and worries assail us at night. And I'm fairly certain that that's your experience too. So I want to close with something that has helped me, especially over these last two challenging years during this pandemic when, you know, so much of our pattern of life and everything was disrupted by this. And sometimes family, you know, we we started feeling distant from family and from uh our brethren at church, people that we love and have counted on for friendship and support and to fellowship together with uh, as we worship God. But this is from a lovely little book called A Diary of Private Prayer uh, by John, I think it's pronounced Bailey, B-A-I-L-L-I-E. And this this has brought me so much comfort. So I want to share this with you in particular for your nighttime hours. He says this, O Lord, you are from everlasting to everlasting. I turn my thoughts to you as the hours of darkness and sleep begin. O son of my soul, I rejoice to know that all night I shall be under the watchful eye of the one who dwells in eternal light. Into your care, Father, I now entrust my body and soul. All day you have watched over me. Your companionship has filled my heart with peace. Accompany me throughout the night. Give me sound and refreshing sleep. Give me safety from all dangers. Give me freedom from restless dreams. Give me control of my thoughts if I lie awake. Give me wisdom to remember that the night was made for sleeping and not for harboring anxious or distressful thoughts. Give me grace if I lie awake thinking to think of you. 
My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the night watches. Father, into your hands I commit my family and friends, asking you to keep them safe in soul and body and to be present in their hearts tonight as a spirit of power, joy, and rest. Amen. Now, whether during the day or at night, you can now stop your anxious thoughts. You can find, you can reclaim that blissful peace, that peace that Jesus gave you. You don't have to be tormented by Satan's fiery darts. You can extinguish them with the truth. And if you lie awake, you can now redeem that time with worship and thanksgiving and prayer. And once you discover the power of applying God's word, I believe that you'll find that your anxious thoughts and worries will give way to a renewed peace and a closer communion with God. You know, again, excuse me, (laughs) this is the 10th lesson that I've shared with you. And it is also one that's been such a valuable spiritual tool for me. So I pray it will be for you as well. No more sleepless nights, my friend. Only brief periods of praise and worship as you reflect on the beauty of His holiness, on the depth of His love, and the power of His word as the truth that sets you free from anxiety and worry. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I I pray for all those who hear this lesson, that you will help them to apply this, especially in the nighttime when our enemy seeks to deprive us of peace and rest. I pray you'd bring your word to mind and deliver us from evil. We thank you for your peace that passes understanding as it guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, I want to thank you again so much for listening to this. And if you enjoyed this, I I would encourage you to hit that follow button so you'll be notified every time a new episode is available. And of course, if you would like to help spread the word about this little podcast, please just tell a few of your friends or leave a short review to help others find us here. Or of course, you can do both. <laughs> now, I'm on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace, and there you you can find also, I said that wrong, I'm on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace, and you can find a spiritual self-care guide that I created on my website. And that's at kellyjgrace.com forward slash spiritual. Now, the next time that we get together, I'm going to be sharing with you how to make your life count forever. I don't think you want to miss that one. So I will see you then. God bless.